Okay, I thought we could uh, talk tonight about being the vastness. So when we get into spirituality, um, there's a lot of talk about awareness and becoming more aware and um, resting in awareness. And so it feels like we spend a lot of time and energy stalking awareness, you know, like trying to um, seek out and obtain this, you know, rare and elusive prey. You know? So we go out looking for awareness. So hope, hopefully in just this introductory few minutes, um, we can see that, that that whole movement to try to be aware um, is leading us away from awareness because it's a, it's a denial of what is already present. Um, so it's much more useful as we did in the first few minutes just to come back to um, seeing, using the body senses to um, recognize that that awareness which we um, may believe we have to seek as a distant object um, is actually already happening, already fully happening. It's not really um, subject to our improvement. We don't have to become more aware. Um, you know, if we if we see that as really a instruction to be less carried away by mental conceptualizations, um, that's fine. Um, but the awareness itself is just fine from the get-go. <laughs> we don't have to improve on it. Um, we really, our job is really to recognize what uh, is already happening. But all too often we, we approach it as something that is um, distant or uh, hard to uh, fix, hard to access, um, you know, that it requires certain favorable conditions like being on retreat or, you know, having a quiet space or not having, you know, noise happening out on the street or, um, you know, being in a good mood or <laughs> whatever the conditions are that we think are, are required in order to be aware. When all the while the awareness is present for um, you know, all our attempts to become more aware, you know, to seek acquired environment, to be annoyed with the noise in the street, whatever, whatever may be happening, the, the awareness is present for that also. You know, watching us struggle, you know, watching us be you know, hopeful of gaining awareness, you know, like a soap opera, you know, Will I or won't I find awareness this morning? And awareness watches us do that. <laughs> you know, so it's present watching us um, struggle, get frustrated, hope, um, be disappointed, um, think that, well, maybe it'll happen for me sometime in the future. And all the while, awareness is present for that, absolutely present for it. Our attention maybe on the thoughts in our mind, 
you know, the, the seeming difficulty of accessing um, awareness or spaciousness. And yet awareness and spaciousness is what is noticing us struggling. <laughs> it's that close, but we miss it not for its lack of presence. We miss it because our attention is pointed outwards, sort of in the direction of our eyes, pointed outwards, you know, ahead of us. We're going in that direction. But the reason that we miss it is because it's already here. It's already what is looking through these eyes, not, not as the sense of sight, but this the awareness to whatever is being received by this body-mind. But we imagine that somehow this, this awareness is an external thing that sometime, you know, given, you know, the right amount of effort in the right situation, um, that uh, we can visit it sometimes. You know, every once in a while, you know, we get a glimpse of it. Um, and then almost immediately when we do, uh, the mind can quickly come in and claim credit for that. Oh, I just had a, a moment of awareness. <laughs> you know, I did it. Good for me. So, you know, this is just the mind trying to claim credit after the fact, after it's already um, happened, maybe just accidentally, just for a few moments. It doesn't take a long time. It's not like we gradually approach it. I mean, the, the fact of it is either we are in awareness or we're in our head, right? We're focused on something else and uh, the awareness is still present. We're just not aware of it. So functioning, it's always functioning. But our, our tension, we're so, we've been trained from a very, very young age that objects out in the world, objects, including things, including thoughts, including emotions, including bodily sensations. That's what's important. The awareness, mm, you just take it for granted. So it's not that it's ever been absent. It's that, you know, like a good magic show, our attention has been directed elsewhere. So we miss it. We miss what's always been there. And like I said, it doesn't take long to drop into awareness. Um, it's just, the only thing it requires is just a momentary um, dropping away of our insistence on, I don't know, arguing with reality, um, wanting to change our experience, wanting to understand, grasping onto, um, particular uh, thought or feeling, any of those things will do it. You know, so it's just the absence of that movement of um, personal self, just for a moment, doesn't, doesn't take long at all. In our absence, there's presence. In the absence of the personal self, there is awareness. It's, it's the default mode when um, we just uh, step out of our argument with life for just a moment. We stop trying to conceptualize about everything that's happening for just a moment. 
um, there's awareness. It's it's what re, what's remains when we um, when all our objections, all our uh, efforts to try to control uh, our experience are just are just dropped, even even for a moment, and then it's just this. There's just um, quiet spaciousness. Not, not nothing, right? It's not, it's not a blank nothing. You know, it's not like we go brain dead. It's, it's an alive nothingness. In uh, Zen, they, they like to use the word nothingness. I think one reason is it scares people, but the other reason is that it sort of takes away any um, idea that what we're um, looking for isn't a thing, isn't a thing that we can grasp. It's not an experience. It's not an idea. It's not a philosophy. It's not a thought, um, not a situation. Right. It's what notices all of that, right? So it's, it's, it's a, you know, they talk about it as a nothingness, you know, to take away any kind of life raft that we might have that, you know, to grasp onto um, an experience or an idea or a goal. You know, so to take away, take away that I, that future objective. And what we're left with is just that innate spa spaciousness that is already present, that is already fully operational. So in that sense, it's not, not a thing, right? It's, it's not really nothing, it's no thing. It's not, this awareness isn't a thing like a physical object or a bodily sensation or a thought or a feeling or a perception. All of those things have a certain duration, you know, certain magnitude, you could say, you know, levels, level of importance or significance, um, degree to which they might affect my life. Um, you know, but, you know, a lifespan and a rising being present and a diminishment eventually drops back into nothing, right? <laughs> Where they arose from. So there's, um, but it's what we're talking about here is that underlying stratum, you could say, um, isn't a thing, it is what is aware of everything. Everything else, everything else comes and goes. Everything else arises and recedes. Everything else has a duration. Everything else has a form. So, you know, things have meaning and gender and size and shape and color, all of that are 
aspects of things, everything that we notice in the world of form. Awareness is something different. Awareness is in its own category, right? It's not of the world of form. It doesn't have a form. Formless, right? You know, we can spend a lot of time in spirituality seeking the formless, right? As if it's some future state to experience formlessness. That's what awareness is. It, it is without form. The content has form. The content of awareness has form. That's what we notice. The awareness itself is just a capacity just an aliveness. It's not nothing. It's, you could more accurately say it's no thing, no thing, not nothing. So anything that has a form, any idea, any philosophy, any concept, Anything that has a form uh, is limited. Right? Anything that is, uh, has a form is something less than the whole, less than the entirety of existence, non-existence, everything, the whole, the whole unity of everything. So the, the only thing that is vast enough to contain all of that is this nothingness, this emptiness, alive emptiness, right? very aliveness itself, but spacious, large, vast, open, <laughs> receptive enough for all of that to arise within it. And isn't that our direct experience? When we get down to the, just to the heart of it, isn't our direct experience that everything that we've ever seen, heard, taste, touched, felt, thought, has happened within awareness. Everything that we've ever experienced has only ever happened within the field of awareness. We've never, none of us have ever experienced anything outside of our field of awareness. I mean, we could say, well, I heard it on the news, but when we heard the news, that was happening within our awareness. And when we remember that we heard it on the news, that's happening now within our awareness. Everything that we've ever experienced has ever and only happened within awareness. 
So we can just notice this. This isn't, this isn't um, you know, it doesn't require enlightenment to recognize that um, the fact of our existence. And it's also not to deny the reality of the world. We're not doing that. We're just saying that uh, the world and these body minds and all appearances um, are an amazing, beautiful thing. They are the reality that appears within and is inseparable from this awareness. Right? So we're not dismissing, we're not trying to say that the world doesn't exist. Um, but what we can say is that it is an appearance within the vastness of this awareness. The appearance is momentary. Every moment, every moment there's a, a birth, life, and death, a passing. Every moment, the next moment is fresh. that constant, alive, amazing current moment, always fresh, always changing. And there's the awareness of that. that. That is our life. That is, when we stop and really get down to the basics, that is our direct experience of all of us. That's where life happens the unfolding of appearances, um, impermanent, within the constancy of this awareness that we are. That's it. So when, when we um, talk about it, awareness in that way, it can seem, you know, very ephemeral, like it's like, I can't, you know, quite, quite get a fix on it. It, it seems like it's, I can sort of uh, get a glimpse of it sometimes, but, um, you know, I can't, I can't quite hold it in place. But that's, that's just the mind trying to be aware. It's, it's the mind trying to subordinate this awareness back into its you know conceptual thought structure it's the it's the mind trying to re, you know retain its control that we gave it you know that it's it's been in control for a long time so um you know when we talk about this it's threatening to the mind so we we need to be willing to um accept that the mind may react to this kind of talk that it is um, an appearance within the field of awareness. Beautiful, right? Beautiful capacity to think. It's just not uh, the right tool to really fully come into alignment with this awareness. It doesn't, it's not diminishing it as a useful tool And we can still learn to function in the world just fine 
Um, and we can use our thinking mind or conceptualizing mind when we need to. It's just that most of the time we don't need to. You know, most of the time that thinking mind um, sort of spins on um, drama and ideas and concepts that aren't, um, that aren't real, that aren't, that aren't true, aren't true about ourselves, aren't true about the other person. So we can still use the mind when we need to, but um, when we recognize what our true identity is, that movement of mind isn't what is um, dragging us around like a dog on a leash. It's not, it, it, it's just not in, in charge anymore. To, to get there might be, um, might be tricky. There might still be some tugging on that leash going on. Um, and one of the, you know, some of the tools that the mind uses to sort of pull us back from awareness, back from that spaciousness, back into the world of um, concepts and egoic self. Um, things like fear, uncertainty, doubt. Right? Those are abbreviated FUD, by the way, F-U-D, um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, you know, sort of the tricks that the mind uses to say, well, you know, don't, for, don't forget about me. I'm, I'm watching out for you. And you don't want to just let yourself go into that spaciousness. You know, it could be, it could be dangerous. So, you know, I'm on your side. So trust me on this. So fear, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. You know, just the mind's efforts to try to, um, you know, stay in control. Right. So it's pulling us back into the familiar, right? The familiar condition self. Um, you know, it's our, it's our prison cell, but at least it's familiar, right? At least I, I know I'm comfortable in here. You know, the alternative is just um, finding ourselves out in um, this sort of formless territory of awareness. You know, we can feel like, well, that's, that's fine for retreats and you know, when I'm sitting at home on the weekends, but, you know, it doesn't sound like a very responsible place to be if I have to go to work in the morning. And so I can't, I'm not sure I can really trust it to function in the world. You know, maybe when I'm just sitting by myself, it's okay, but to actually live from that, I'm not so sure. So there can be this, this movement for a while where we, um, can visit awareness and then, and then, you know, sort of get pulled back into self-identity. We might find this back and forth movement uh, can go on for a while. I mean, it can go on for a long while. It, it sort of depends on how much Credence we give our mental thinking about this whole territory. Mind's really good at a lot of things. This is just an arena that it's not capable of going. And the, the reason for that is that the mind um, thinks in thoughts, right? And you can watch the train of thoughts, words, one after another. 
Um, and those words, those thoughts are all conceptual. And what we're talking about here is not a concept. It is in reality, it's how things actually are, not our idea about how things actually are. So we might find ourselves just going um, back and forth, sort of feeling like we're visiting awareness, you know, sort of resting there, meditating, you know, sort of relaxing, getting refreshed, and then we come back to our worldly self and then go out into the fray. We, we can go back and forth um, for a long time sometimes. But it's, it's really the, um, what pulls us back is the belief in a thought. You know, any, any thought, any thought will do, will pull us back. And I'm not talking about just, um, you know, functional thoughts. I'm talking about thoughts about our identity and, you know, who I am and what my shortcomings are and who the other person is. And, how the world should be, those kind of thoughts. So we're not talking about functional thinking here, we're talking about the other 95%. So as we begin to relax more into this awareness, that it's really the key is to relax into it rather than try to grab onto it. Because awareness isn't something that we do. It's not like me, me trying to be a good meditator and do awareness. That's not how it works. If, if, we're, if we're doing awareness, it's not awareness. It's, it's the little me trying to be aware, right? Trying to constrain our thinking mind you know, corral it in. But it, actual awareness is effortless. It's effortless because it's what we actually are when we relax into it. When we try to grasp it, it's, it's elusive. It's, it's sort of like, you know, trying to grasp air. You know, the, every time you try to grasp it, it's no longer there. It's, um, but if we receive it, it is there. And so it's, it's really a, a relaxation into it rather than uh, a form of concentration. It's really a recognition um, of, well, the, 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 use, the useful way to approach it isn't trying to, isn't figuring it out isn't trying to approach it with our mind, you know, make sense of it intellectually. That, that doesn't work. Um, the better use of the mind is to uh, use it to see what we're not. That, that the mind can help us with. To look at um, things that we experience, um, you know, just like, like a sound arises, you know, we can notice the sound, but we can also 
understand, even, even conceptually, that what notices the sound isn't the sound. What sees the bird is not the bird. It's something that notices that. And I'm not talking about eyesight here. I'm talking about what notices um, that image in our mind uh, that the body is capable of receiving and, and producing. And then there's something that notices that, that, that capacity. Um, and we can see that, therefore, what is seen, what is heard, what is felt, are arisings within this awareness, but it's not essentially what we are, because they're the objects of awareness. What we're looking for is the subject, right? The classic grammar, I see a cat. You know, the cat is the object, the seeing is the movement, I as the subject, I see a cat. So it's just, it's this innermost subjectivity that we're after. What is this I really? What is this essential beingness that I am? So it's not found in the object. It's not found in the thought. It's not found in the intellectual construction of my idea about reality. It won't ever be found there. All of those things are appearing within what we are. Alive spaciousness, that vastness, that openness. Right? So there, there can be a time where it feels like we're almost living in two worlds. Like, um, you know, I'm in my everyday world most of the time, and then every once in a while, I can slow down enough to spend a little time in awareness. But our identity, even though we may have at that point recognized awareness and have experienced it and may be able to have, um, relatively easily um, go into awareness, there's still a sense that the identity is parked here over in my separate self and that the awareness is somehow over there, right? It's not, the identity is here, but that awareness over there is, is a curious, curious thing, a nice thing, um, but where I live is over here. And at some point that identity shifts and um, you, you would think that, that the identity would shift as soon as you recognize what awareness is. Um, it's like, well, of course that's what I am. And we might even recognize that um, up here in our head, but the rest of our body didn't get the memo. You know, there's, there's too much conditioning there that where we still feel like the identities individual, you know, parked here in the body mind. But at some point, 
there is a shift of identity. Some people have, have spoken of it as a sudden shift. Um, I've read accounts of that. Um, Adia talks about um, sitting on a couch one day and one day he just, had, for whatever reason, stood up from the couch. And when he did, he realized that um, that sense of personal self-identity was still on the couch. And he stood up and it was still there. You know, other people have talked about, you know, it was there before they got on the bus and then they got on the bus and it was no longer there. So apparently it can happen suddenly. That wasn't the case for me. It, it was more of an erosional process over um, several years, maybe three years or so, um, where there was no clear endpoint. It just over that period of time, even though I had recognized um, that awareness uh, was uh, primary, um, there was still a sense of uh, the identity still being parked in the personal separate self. You wouldn't think that would be possible, but um, apparently it is. But over, over a period of time, it became just less and less um, possible for me to believe that um, what I essentially was, was this body-mind. Um, body-mind still exists, um, you know, still, you know, I enjoy participating in it, but it's um, the identity at some point uh, shifted uh, to being awareness, um, which is, which changes everything because it, it, it frees us. It, it sounds like um, it's a reduction. You know, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's a, a contraction from, you know, being this, you know, body, mind alive to being this formlessness. Um, but that formlessness um, is also freedom, right? We still get to enjoy the body, mind. We still get to participate in life. The difference is that we do it without fear. Because there's an understanding that from awareness, it is beyond harm. Not, not that it's sort of um, aloof from life or armored against life. It's because that it's formless. It doesn't have a form. It's not subject to the laws of impermanence. Spaciousness itself. It's alive. It's an alive spaciousness. It's not nothing. It's an alive formlessness. that gets to live life um, for some period of time through this, through this body-mind. You know, the one spaciousness, the one vastness living in and as all of us, expressed differently, of course, expressed everyone. Expression is unique, a unique expression of the one life, the one vastness, the one source.
and the price that is called for is the relinquishment of the belief in what we think, what we think we know, our identity. I know, I know I'm this body-mind, you know. I mean, I, I may try to be spiritual, but I know this is what I really am, you know. And that the fundamental question in spirituality is, um, the nature of this awareness. Is it just a function of these body minds? Is it just, you know, there's enough neurons in my head that it produces awareness um, as claimed by nearly all scientists? Um, or is it something utterly unique and that these body minds are an expression of that fundamental question? And we get to answer that for ourselves. If it's merely a function of the cells in our body, uh, one day those cells will cease to exist. And if so, the awareness would cease to exist. End of story. We can look at this awareness just in our own direct experience rather than intellectually through whatever we've been taught or um, believed or imagined, but just in our own direct experience. Our own direct experience is that consciousness um, is present. It is present right now for all of us equally. <laughs> you may recognize it or not, but that doesn't change the reality that everything that all of us have ever experienced has only ever happened within this field of consciousness. That's the reality. And we, we can get to investigate that to our heart's content for ourselves. That's the beauty of it. We don't need to depend on anybody's say so. It's actually best if you don't depend on anyone's say so. The only value of talking about it is that um, it may spark enough curiosity that um, we may look for ourselves. You know, if we care enough to find out it's there, it's there. But when that is discovered, um, there's this sense of living from that immensity, being at home in the world, being able to still function through these body minds. And yet recognizing where our true home is. True home is not subordinate to these body minds. It's the other way around. Not really subordinate, but an expression of 
this vastness is is what we are, is what everything is. And that is um, available to be experienced by all of us directly. And that recognition, because it is a recognition, it's not an elevated attainment, it's a recognition of what we already are, unavoidably. We might have all kinds of ideas about who we think we are, but what we are is what we are, unavoidably. And what that is, is immense, right? Immense because it's formless. It has no boundary to it. It has no size to it. And because of that, it actually contains everything. It's the only thing that could contain everything. Only, only something that is inherently empty is without form and has the capacity to contain everything. We're no longer strangers. No longer strangers to each other or strangers in this world. And it, feel, it can feel like it's an enormous price to pay to give up this personal sense of self. when that happens for whatever reason, whatever sort of reckless step we might take, when that happens, we can see in retrospect that we were hanging on to a few coins in our pocket. And the only price to pay was the giving up of the illusions. That was it. And what is gained in return is everything. Everything that arises out of spaciousness, this formlessness. You can't have the you can't have the everything without the nothing, right? They're the same. Everybody, of course, would like, oh, I, I like the something part. Nothing? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but they're the same thing. They're actually the same thing. The, the, the something, the everything is contained within and the expression of that nothingness, that spaciousness, that vastness. And that is the pearl of immense value. That's it.